everybody and welcome back to Talking Films, the podcast which investigates revolutionary films. I'm Martina Drago and each week I'll take you with me on a quest for eight outstanding films, exploring why and how these movies have influenced the cinematic industry and society through their stories, themes and techniques. Last week, Catalina Balan joined us to discuss how Chronicle of a Summer challenged documentary conventions. And if you missed any of our previous six episodes, you can find them on Spotify, Anchor, or on our webpage at talkingfilmspodcast.wixsite.com. As you got by now, I love cinema. And the most fascinating topics I like exploring in movies are the human mind and time. Films like Interstellar, Arrival, A Beautiful Mind and Inception challenge my perception of the world, of what is real and what is not, and of how people experience their own hidden lives in dreams and memories. Today we are going to explore a film which tricks my mind every time I watch it. A movie that explored the importance of memory for the creation of personal identity. A film that became revolutionary because of the way it challenged conventions of traditional romantic cinema. Today we are going to explore the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Hi. I'm sorry? I just said hi. Hi, hello. Hi. Okay, if I sit closer? How far are you going? Uh, Rockville Center. Get out! Me too! In this episode, we'll be joined once again by Catalina Balan, filmmaker and lecturer of documentary and filmmaking at the University of Sussex. Here she is, Catalina Balan. And um, what kind of impact do you think uh, this film had on, on society? If any impact or influence or oh it had a big influence on me yeah I can see that I can see that (laughs) I can see I can can tell from Um, your eyes yeah I remember I remember watching it uh, and it was raining outside so what a perfect (laughs) time to watch it perfect you know (laughs) yes Um, I had um, so I watched this film in Bucharest Um, a friend of mine actually uh wrote it, like, downloaded it illegally from the internet <laughs> and wrote it to me on this sort of CD. And it was written with a marker, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And I thought, wow, that's such a long title. That's the first thing that we all thought, mm. <laughs> I think. So she was, she's really, um, she loved poetry as well, this friend of mine. Um, so she gave me the film and I, I said, okay, let's see what it is about. And I, I watched it and I, I thought, wow, incredible. The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind tells the story of Clementine and Joel, their difficult love relationship, and of how, after they broke up, Clementine decides to erase her memory, to forget Joel. Following her decision, Joel decides to do the same, and during this process we are shown his memories, exploring their relationship in non-temporal order, until the final part of the process when he took an unexpected decision. But I'm not going to spoil anything, so if you haven't watched this movie, please do it, because it will change your life. The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was made in 2004 by the French filmmaker Michel Gondry and the famous screenwriter Charlie Kaufman, and the two main characters are played by Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. 
The film production took place around New York City with a quite low budget and resulted difficult for the harsh environment and the techniques that Gondry wanted to use. Technically, the film presents a non-linear narrative and editing, which aim at highlighting the complexity of Clementine and Joel's relationship. Michel Gondry borrowed several aspects from the French New Wave and from Jean-Luc Godard's work. In fact, the director often decided to abandon traditional equipment to experiment with the unusual. For instance, he didn't use any kind of dolly cameras, replacing them with wheelchairs, creating non-completely smooth takes. But even more surprising is the amount of improvisation in the film. And not knowing where the actors would have been, cinematographers used two handheld cameras, filming 360-degree footage at all time, shooting more than 36,000 feet of film a day to deal with this issue. The film used minimal CGI with many effects accomplished in camera, through false perspectives, hidden space, spotlighting, unsynchronized sound, split focus and continuity editing. Top girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. Don't assign me yours. I remember that speech really well. I had you pegged, didn't I? Yeah, the whole human race pegged. Hmm, probably. I still thought you were going to say. Could you also tell uh, tell us about the film's unlinear editing style? It's really fragmented. But then again. And time is fragmented, right? It moves really quickly. Yeah. It's difficult to make sense of what is when, who is where. Um, but I think that's a way, that's a, that's, in a way, that's how memory works. If, we're, if right now we close our eyes and we're thinking, okay, tell me what's happened to you last year, you're not going to be able to you know, to do a linear description of that, it's going to be fragmented. There's going to be bits you remember, things that in between that are actually maybe a desire of yours from the future and so on. I was talking to a friend of mine and uh, her mum, I think her mum was a, a psychiatrist and she explained um, how memory works. Uh, and she said that we've got all of these things sort of on the back of our mind and the moment you actually access a memory and you start talking about it, you sort of say it out loud, you, you tell it to people and so on, it becomes altered. Wow. So actually, the, the, the purest, mo most precious memories are the ones that we you never talk, talk yeah. about, that you sort of like keep there. Uh, it's a beautiful... Wow, it's, it's scary. A, it's, it's scary scaring. at the same time. Wow. But also it's precious. Yes, um, I think the way the f the way we refer to certain things, if, if we talk about an event, we might talk differently about it to you know to different people. Uh, we might impacted in yes. The um, again, there's like studies that say if you look at a traumatic event from your past and talk about it in a positive way, in a sort of empowering way, it will change the way you feel about it yeah. as for if you feel you know defeat defeated um so there's there's a lot of that in that film and i think it comes across through that editing style From a narrative point of view, the film explores several themes like destiny, memories, regret, conscious versus unconscious, denial and communication. But let's see them a little bit more in detail. 
If we discuss destiny, the film demonstrates that the cancellation procedure only functions on a superficial level. It erases concrete memories, but it fails to address the basic tendencies of the characters and therefore history seems to repeat itself. The characters are drawn to each other after it, and they both emerge from the procedure feeling lonely. The implication is that by erasing these painful memories, the procedure also removes the potential for these characters to learn from their mistakes. What we're doing here, Mr. Barish, is actually creating a map of your brain. Okay, let's get started. If we want to get this procedure underway tonight, we have some work to do. I want you to react to these objects, Mr. Barish, if you will. Regret is another strong theme in the film, where we see the two characters regretting many of their past wrong decisions. However, the main idea here is that the wrong decisions that we made can help us to grow and improve. For instance, the character of Clementine is extremely impulsive and she often makes random choices which she regrets immediately. However, her decision to erase her memory left her unable to learn anything from her relationship with Joel. The director has always said that the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind is about memories and about the huge role that memories play in the person's identity and character. The film teaches us the importance of remembering our past, even if painful, because it's part of who we are. Memory is fundamental for the creation of personal identity. The main theme is, um, is memory. Memory loss and what memory and how memory makes us who we are. Time. I think there's a lot about this idea of traveling back in the past and how the memories of our past make our future self, the decisions we make or the traumas, the little traumas we have as children will have transferred to a decision we will make in the future. What do you think? Do you think memories make, uh, make who you are? I think the, that we are like a sort of, we are the result of the place where we grew up, the people that we grew up with, and um, the memories that we have with them. Traumas, if they are bad, or, you know, good memories, if, you know, you spend, um, you had good memories, a good time with them, they definitely make us what we are and who we are. And, uh, but yeah, I think you can always change your memories in a way or another. I mean, I, I'm, I don't really remember many things that happened when I was a, a child. Mm -hmm. I remember some bits and I think that I can influence those, those things. So, mm. yeah. Or like the way your parents would tell you the story of yeah, what happened yeah, can yeah. definitely influence that. Definitely, yeah. The elements of conscious and unconscious are stressed a lot in the film, where we can see Joel experience again his memories with Clementine, but also experience new subconscious interactions with an imaginary version of her. This highlights, as the director said, how it's possible to create fictional conversations with people we know really well, but that are not present anymore. Communication, or better, lack of communication between the characters, is the main issue and cause of this story. Joel failed to communicate his feelings to Clementine, only writing them down in his journal and putting them out when he can't take it anymore. 
Joel's lack of communication is, in his opinion, the reason why his relationship with Clementine didn't work out. You're kind of closed-mouthed, aren't you? Sorry. Just, you know, my life isn't that interesting. I go to work, I come home, I don't know what to say. I should read my journal. The procedure that the two characters undertake is synonymous of denial. Both Joel and Clementine want to avoid the pain deriving from the memories of their relationship. However, the movie shows how even if they escape the physical pain removing love from their brain, that love still remains in their hearts and minds. And personally, I find interesting how this process resulted in the opposite, in some sort of willingness to re-experience the same pain again and again. Why, in your opinion, why do the, char- the protagonists choose to go more and more through the pain of their relationship? They, they try to cancel uh, their memories and then, then they want to, you know, go through them again, live them again. So it's, it's interesting, even if, you know, they, they suffer from that. Hmm. I can see that you really like this movie. I don't, <laughs> I can really, see. I don't really know what to say. Okay. Why don't you tell me what you think? Uh, what do you think? It's quite a deep que- it's quite a yes, deep question isn't it is it? it is i think the worst thing that you can do especially when you not just when you broke up with a person but might, maybe when you lose someone mm-hmm. maybe someone you know that you really care about dies the worst thing that you can do is like just don't leave the pain of that um say, saying goodbye or breaking up with someone and uh, you know because it means that what you had was important was was very very crucial for you maybe was uh, one of the most important you know person of your life so i think that they try to cancel that because they don't want to suffer but they don't want to i don't know let that part of their themselves go away i don't mm. know if that makes sense i think you said it really beautifully okay. yeah <laughs> no, but, but by not living with that pain by not going through you have to allow mourning to happen you have to allow suffering to happen in order to heal it just it's, it's sort of it's it's part of who we are as humans yes um and by going through that process we heal we move on we become you know the someone else we sort of a <clears throat> we grow um so by not going through that as as you said it very beautifully um you yeah you give you give away a part of yourself and it's yeah it's impossible i think it will resurface at some point As we said before, The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind tells the story of the relationship between Joel and Clementine, so there is nothing revolutionary here. However, to get why I chose to include this movie, we should have a look at the context in which this film was released. We are in 2004 and the cinematic environment is full of classic romance movies like The Notebook. But when The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind came out, it was a total refreshment for this genre. Because yes, this film is based on a love story, but both the protagonist and the way the story is told are very far away from the tradition. The non-linear narration and the sometimes fictional approach are completely revolutionary for this kind of film and reflect the extremely complex and difficult relationship that Joel and Clementine have. 
and personally I find this movie much more truthful than most of the classic romance films. This is the day we met. You were down by the surf. I could just make you out in the distance. I remember being drawn to you even then. I thought, wow, how odd. I'm drawn to someone's back. You were in that orange sweatshirt that I would come to know so well. Traditional movies of this genre are highly focused on love and love only. But this film, on the other hand, highlights a crucial, vital and fundamental part of love and relationships, pain. The eternal sanction of the spotless mind is a manifesto which screams to its audience, you can't have love without pain, because pain is part of the process and we must embrace it. I'm obsessed with the movie's message because it doesn't only apply to love relationships, like the one that you have with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a wife uh, or husband, for example. But this idea of embracing pain, embracing our past and our memories, apply to any kind of relationship we have in life. With friends, with family or partners, it doesn't matter. Your past, good or bad, made you the person you are. And the people we meet on the path of our life shape us. And we shape every single person we encounter every day. This film is a new kind, a, a different kind of romantic film. And uh, um, mm. before these romantic movies were much more traditional, like The Notebook, which is, I think, one of the most traditional romantic films ever made. Um, how does the film change, change the romance genre and how does the film reinvent the rom-com, in your opinion? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I wouldn't, I just wouldn't put them in the same category. Okay. I don't think, I don't think ever Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind would, would be able to change films like The Notebook, like, I don't know, um, sort of other big love stories like um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, like... Um, Ten things I hate about you. Like I don't think they're in the same category. I think I think they're completely separate. But I do think by having films like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind being such a success in the blockbuster actually inspire for more films like this to be made and for a love and romance and. Um, heartbreak to be seen and or like presented on screen in a different way. The eternal sanction of the spotless mind is revolutionary because it challenges the conventions of romantic cinema, abandoning the rigid and very often posh narratives and adopting a more inclusive and realistic story. It's a film that leaves you with something more than just, you know, a good story to watch before going to bed. This is a movie which teaches us to learn from our mistakes and not to regret them. It's a movie that tells us that we can always have a second chance. The only thing we must do is embrace it. today but we will be back soon with our last revolutionary film next week we are going to explore toy story thanks to catalina balan and to you all for joining me today remember to follow us on instagram and twitter and have a look at our webpage at talkingfilmspodcast.weeksite.com i'm martina drago and this was talking films the podcast which investigates revolutionary films (laughs) 